The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Do you think that Satu is providing quality education as a priority to our children? That's the question we are asking. And joining me in studio right now is the South Africa Democratic Teachers uh, Union uh, General Secretary, Mugwena Maluleke. Thank you so much for coming in, Mr. Maluleke. Good morning and thank you for having us in it. Now, perhaps we should start by just looking at some of the more um, salient ones of the resolutions that were taken over the weekend. Mm-hmm. One of those resolutions is about how do we formalize uh, the condition of service for the teachers in the early childhood education sector, normally known as the ECD. Uh, Critically, they were looking at what type of qualifications um, and what should be composed in that particular qualification, looking at the four-year-old and the uh, five-year-old learners, because we believe that um, the the, the foundation has got to be strong at that particular level. So that investment must go into that. That That's one of the critical uh, decisions we've taken. We've also taken a decision really around the teacher development, which is a lifelong learning um, uh, for all the teachers that are employed, looking at how to improve their competences, how to improve their pedagogy and how to improve their their subject content knowledge um, in order to improve the quality of education. We've also taken a decision that, look, leadership in schools is critical and therefore we need to be able to train our principals and our deputy principal in a number of areas that we think uh, are a barrier towards learning and towards teaching. One in terms of the motivation for our learners to learn, motivation for our teachers to teach and all those particular things. But critically also we have taken some decisions around the condition of service of our teachers um, in terms of their salaries, in terms of their benefits, which we believe that would have at least uh, an impact uh, on the teaching, but also retaining quality teachers, experienced teachers, um, uh, because obviously teachers are resigning uh, in, in, in thousands precisely because of the incentives that are not there. Looking at your rural areas, looking at your township schools and so forth. Um, and maybe the other one that we think is very fundamental decision is about the infrastructure. We are saying we can't, we can't have any more reasons to give. Uh, we think that we, we are running out of reasons to give why our schools in the township and the rural areas are still different from the former Model C schools. We are saying in 20 years of our democracy, we think when we celebrate that we should be saying uh, there's something that is wrong that we have not been able to do. So let's improve those particular schools and ensure that the infrastructure, um, uh, recreation and, 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 and all these other things that are necessary, libraries, laboratories and so forth are, are, are there in our schools. So we say we can't apologize for that. Now, before we uh, flesh out some of these specifics, one of the criticisms that has been leveled at Satu is that Satu is way too concerned with playing ANC politics as opposed to con- uh, care- caring about what is happening in the classroom. And also just looking at what uh, you have given as some of the key resolutions to come out of your conference, where does the learner fit in all of this? Look, if you prioritize early childhood development, basically you are prioritizing the learner. In a way, you are, you are saying that, look, it is important for a learner in that particular area to be taught by a highly qualified person. Uh, 
Secondly, it is that the, learn, the, the teacher in that particular area must have the necessary competences and expertise. Now, you're not looking at mathematics and literacy in that level. A four-year-old child must not be taught maths and, maths and, maths and science or, or, or literacy. Basically, it's about preparing the learner to learn. So you need a person who has got understanding in psychology, social, uh, 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 you know, social, so, social issues uh, in terms of wellness. So you need a person who would be able to understand the first 1,000 days uh, of, 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 of a child and then begin to understand how you link up with the, the, the capacity and the ability to learn. So you were saying we're prioritizing that in order to help uh, you know, build a strong foundation for our children. If you're talking more about infrastructure, in the schools, you're talking about laboratories, you're talking about libraries, you're talking about uh, sports uh, and recreation facilities. These are not for the teachers. These are for the learners because without those particular um, uh, resources that must be given to the schools, you are also adding to the barriers of learning because learners need to play. Learners learn through play. So those are the things. So we are saying, if you talk about uh, the incentive for rural areas, how do you then are able to retain highly qualified, experienced teachers in rural areas? Not, they don't stay. To us, that is for the children. It is that if you give them incentives to be able to stay in the rural areas, you are benefiting the children. So whatever you do, whatever you call, if you say 15% for the teachers, what we are trying to do is to improve the, uh, the condition of service in order to impact on the achievement of our learners. So you don't do anything for the teachers without thinking about what would be the outcome. The intended outcome all the time is the improvement of the achievements of our learners. Now, you've explained uh, the ECD qualification and what the thinking is behind that. Now, when you talk about teacher development and saying that it's uh, that lifelong learning, continuous uh, teacher development that will improve the quality of education, what exactly do you envisage happening here? We are looking at a situation where on an annual basis we spend not less than 120 hours on a teacher all the teachers, where you are improving one, their competencies around the subject they are teaching. Secondly, about dealing with the methodologies and techniques of teaching, which are well researched, so that you improve how they teach, how they manage to interrogate the curriculum in order to benefit the learners. What we see it is that we have standardized too much in terms of the testing, rather than to ensuring that we have got intellectual exploration, uh, intrinsic motivation for the learners is explored more than what we are doing now. So that is what we are looking at. If I teach mathematics there's no way that you cannot take me to a clinic or a session where i am going to interact with experts in mathematics to improve my 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 my, my methodology of teaching my techniques of teaching but also to understand the content so don't teachers do. come into the profession already having learned that look what you learn at the college uh, is obsolete when you when you, when you, when you reach the school. The, the work environment is so different. It's unlike during the time when teachers were trained at the colleges. Now the teachers are being trained at the universities. Universities don't have time to spend with the students, uh, teachers who they take to the schools and then uh, critique them there so that they can understand the work environment. So on work training is no longer there. So that is a problem. So what you have got to do it is that look, we are living in a changing world. Uh, technology is changing everything. So if if I teach mathematics this year, I cannot expect to know that next year the same subject is going to remain the same. Things are changing. Economics is changing. Language is changing because, look, we are talking about uh, uh, social uh, social media language now. The teacher must understand what the children are learning and what how the children are communicating. How do you then mitigate around those particular issues? So if you don't 
take the teachers on training uh, or in service training, you are likely to be lagging behind and the learners will be far ahead of you in terms of knowledge. See, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to understand how all of this leads us to a point where learners cannot read, they cannot uh, they are not numerate, essentially. Um, and this already starts at the foundation phase level, you know, uh, before they even hit um, higher primary school. What is it about teachers training that is so lacking that they can't teach learners how to read? Because the way you were taught to read surely would still be the same to how you would teach a child to read in 2014. Or has it changed? It has changed. Also, <laughs> this change in 1998 when we introduced outcome-based education, there are certain things that were done away with. Uh, they were regarded as being apartheid. Let me give you an example about phonics. Um, how the, our teachers used to teach us phonics sounds, how mm-hmm. to recognize the sound. Those were taken out of the curricula, uh, and then it was regarded as being apartheid. We used to. How could le- that have been apartheid? Uh, and please explain this to me. <laughs> Maybe we need to understand from the the consultants that brought about uh, uh, outcome-based education to then say, no, a teacher is no longer a teacher. A teacher is now a facilitator. What you've got to go into the classroom is just to go and then say, teacher, uh, the teacher must ask the children, what did you use to come to school today? And the children say, oh, we use a taxi. And the child cannot even recognize a taxi, how to write a taxi, but at least each and every learner will be able to know that, look, I use a taxi to come to school. Um, because the, the issue was that you no longer have to deal with those particular things. And then we argued. As but how to, is that? Look, that's a question that we have kept on asking and we're still asking today to then say that is what had made our children not to be able to read. Our children are not numerate because the things that we used to have, like your arithmetics, where we used to have mental, you know, I'm you calling it mental because it, it used to have to be called like that. So, you know, quick thinking, you know, quick computation uh, and so forth was no longer done. It was regarded as being apartheid and therefore uh, all of us obviously wanted to do away with apartheid and then I think uh, Sadu uh, was opposing out basic education, but at the end of the day we ended up accepting that that is the new curriculum. Mr. Maluleke, I'm going to argue that you and your teachers completely misunderstood. And I would perhaps venture into mitigating that the departmental officials who were tasked with mm-hmm. actually conveying and um, uh, doing the teacher development around outcomes-based education may have misunderstood this themselves but that is not what outcomes-based education said it never said do not teach children road counting it never said do not teach children mental skills for solving uh, uh, mathematical problems that was never said it was never even implied because if you looked at the learning outcomes if you looked at the assessment standards Teachers had to go through those steps in order for children to actually meet the assessment outcome there. I had a workshop where I had called uh, the departmental officials, six of them, my young teachers, one of my HOD, very young, very dynamic argued with the teacher with the with the with with the trainers and said how on earth are we going to be able to teach our children if you come and say to us we are no longer timetabling we are no longer going to be um looking at how the children have access we are going to be told by the children how ready they are my that young teacher i still remember is now part of the task team where we are where we are interrogating the curriculum very young teacher he argued with them to an extent that those particular consultants left the room because he says as a school we are going to refuse 
to implement this particular thing because if you are saying to us that we must not teach phonics, we must not teach um, uh, arithmetics in terms of you know uh, uh, mental uh, exercises where the learners must be able to know mathematics and all those, we are not going to do that. That is why they un- misunderstood it. That's why Mary Metcalf uh, even called microwaving the teachers because then the teachers were to be concentrating on the details of the curriculum such as we have changed the scheme is no longer a scheme is this so we're concentrating on the terminology rather than what we are supposed to be teaching the learners so i agree fully with you so it was a huge mess all around it was a huge mess that's why it was microwaving and therefore we need to change that and then begin to say why is important that we have got teacher development we're saying it's important because a teacher has got to improve the knowledge and the pedagogy uh, on an annual basis because we are living in a changing world. So you can't pretend that everything remains the same when in actual fact things are changing. So the outcome-based education, I agree, if we had understood it in the manner in which it was meant, uh, it would be something. But unfortunately, that the very same curriculum is resource-dependent, and you need to agree with me that it had made certain assumptions in terms of the fact that a, a rural school would be having a computer. And therefore, in terms of the outcomes of saying, no, look, you are going to collect data, you are going to analyze, those particular things, it did not take into account the training the teachers had, which did not take into account research. But Mr. Maluleke, collecting data does not necessarily imply that you need a computer. You can go and collect data by interviewing people. You can come up with a questionnaire, go around, collect data by you know those sort of methods and uh, which is very worrying because i think that in a sense points to all of the misconceptions that are going on amongst educators in the field of education but i want to move on to the the the, the question of the anas the annual national assessments what is uh, uh, um, satu's gripe with the anas look we have agreed that ana should be conducted first and foremost as a diagnostic tool to assist us to understand the level at where we are in terms of our learners, literacy, numeracy, and so forth. But our gripe it is that it cannot continue to be the um, the only thing that we think that we must be concentrating on because it has got its own consequences. One, it is that it's being used to label now. It is no longer a diagnostic tool. It is now being used to label the teachers. It's used to label the schools in terms of the dysfunctionality of those particular schools. Secondly, it is that we can't be obsessed with testing. We must, all of us, be concentrating on the strategies, having understood the findings uh, of Anna, to then say, no, look, we are at this particular level. What research have we conducted? What training have we done to ensure that, indeed, the teachers are able to uh, address those particular barriers, address those mm-hmm. particular things that are being done? I have not had anybody arguing that we have not seen an intensive program put in place to address those particular things, except that everyone is arguing about Anna. Anna has given us a foundation. Now, let's use it and then see that we have intervention strategies. We put them in place. We evaluate them. Then we come back in a three-year cycle to ensure that we are able to, again, put that particular test and say, how far have we gone? But isn't a three-year cycle too long, considering that a child would have moved through an entire phase already in three years? I mean, surely you want to evaluate at logical steps in that uh, performance where the child is at. If if Anna was used for that, it would be something else. But if Sa- Anna, once you begin to demotivate the teachers by labeling them and all those particular things, not taking into account what really is impacting on learning. Are we testing that? We see this is, to us, it's just a political slogan to say we are raising the bar, we are raising the scores, it's about accountability, it is about uh, the standard and so forth. It's not Isn't that, that important? 
look, it is not because it's the test doing that. Are we going to achieve that? I will say no. We are not going to achieve that because what we are testing, what we think is measurable, sometimes is not educational. Sometimes it's not going to help because how are you going to understand that a child who comes from a socio-economic background that is so low, what is you know what is taking place in his mind when he writes the Anna? Because those are things that you cannot measure. So those things we need to understand so that we then say, look, let's ensure that we encourage you know um, uh, uh, intrinsic motivation. Let's encourage interaction with the curriculum and let's be critical about that. So we are saying, whilst we agree that there must be testing, let us not do that frequently because at the end of the day, it does not give us enough time to implement the strategies and say the system is at this particular level now and so forth. So we are saying that we are not rejecting the Anna. We are saying we need to change how it is being conducted because at the moment it is no longer being used for what it was intended to be used and that we have got so many tests so many so many evaluation standards in the country we need to synergize them so that they can be able to give us what we want in conversation this morning uh, with uh, Satu General Secretary Mr. Mugwena Maluleke and the question we are asking is providing quality education a priority to Satu the lines are open 0891-104208 you can also SMS us on 34701 Twitter, Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo and um, I just want to read uh, some of the tweets that are coming through uh, before I get totally lost in this absorbing conversation with Mr. Maluleke. Uh, Jazz Fundi says, why are teachers resigning in such high volumes? What is Satu saying about this? Teachers are resigning for a variety of reasons. Um, some of the things is that uh, uh, the environment is such that the incentives are not enough and therefore um, uh, we cannot retain quality teachers, we cannot retain experienced teachers. Secondly, it's about um, uh, the the condition of service. There's too much violence in our schools. There's no support uh, in terms of discipline in our schools. And majority of the teachers that are writing to us are saying, look, we cannot be in schools because um, after the abolishment of corporal punishment, we don't have anything in the form of an alternative for, corrup- uh, for, for punishment. Now, What does that mean? What it means is that there is no communication between the parents and the schools. Uh, because there's lack of discipline and therefore discipline basically is a responsibility of both the teacher and the parent so you have got one element that is not is not is not being taken care of that from the teacher the parent side mm. that they are not instilling discipline in their children to learn and therefore it puts burden on the teachers who are supposed to teach 40 learners and therefore one child is a problem in the class and the teachers resign but the other thing it is this thing of the the pension um, where teachers uh, resign to cash on their pension, uh, something that is attractive because they are able to come back into the system and be paid the same salaries where they were. If they had worked for 20 years, they resign and they come back. A principal resigns, they will be paid a principal salary even if it's a post-level one. So the environment is so attractive for to drive them to resign. And unfortunately, that cannot be that cannot be sustained in a country where we need more teachers, especially in the foundation phase. So teachers are resigning. And indeed, it's a concern for us. We're addressing that with the minister and we think that we can find solution to the problem. Mr. Mungwena Maluleke, let's go to the lines. Uh, 0891-104-208 is the number to dial. Zenzile Khoisan in Cape Town, good morning. Good morning. Sakina, and, to, and good morning to your guests. I just want to say, you know, the one thing that I really, I used to admire Satu, because, you know, my, my former school principal, a lot of people were involved in Satu. You know, and, and they got involved because we, we were radical students. But this union now, 
is a union that is protecting mediocrity, is protecting the worst elements uh, uh, in, inside the educational system. It covers up for the acts which are beyond the pale. And if this man's allo- project is allowed to succeed, we will have more than 60% functional illiteracy. In other words, what I am saying is that Satu must get off its high horse, put the interests of our children first, and start hammering at these people, these miscreants in the system, who terrorize our children by not doing their work. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Uh, Zenzile, Tosama in Cape Town, good morning. Good morning. Uh, thank you, Sakina. I think I've got a very big question relating to university students and um, what he's just mentioned. Um, the first is that what is Sato doing about the fact that at university level, once you're done with your degree, you are allowed to do a PGCE to integrate into um, becoming a teacher. And there's so many of us, when I'm 27, and there's so many of us who are wanting to get into uh, the teaching profession after we've finished our third year. But the problem is we are not allowed to do a PGCE unless we have two teaching subjects. So in my example, I have French as a teaching subject, and I also have English. But because French is not regarded as um, something that's important, I guess, I'm not allowed to do a PGCE, and I'm not allowed to get involved within the teaching environment, even though I'm passionate about education. And lastly, I have created a library in an underprivileged school. I've resourced that library through my own volunteers, through my friends, and we've managed to fill that library with books. What we're wanting to do as professionals, I've got accountants, I've got lawyers, I've got so many people who are wanting to go into that school to go and tutor students and assist them with reading and writing and numeracy and all sorts of things, but the education department keeps blocking us from coming into the school because I, I think it's probably, you know, it's a hegemony thing. It's not their project, and perhaps we are trying to show them off. And our interest is really to get students motivated and involved and getting to know careers that are out there for them so they can work work towards something in an environment where they have no role models. All right. Uh, Tozama will get an answer for you. Uh, Just reading some of uh, the other messages coming through. Jazz Fundi says, did Satu discuss at their conference the issues of principals' promotions, which was in the media a few months back? And also, why are teachers resigning again? That same question. And uh, what is Satu's view on that? Uh, This one uh, from Ultra Left Humanist says, I checked the registration status of Satu and found that it is deregistered. How can Satu refuse to be monitored by inspectors um, and uh, a few more questions coming through here this one uh, says uh, sounds Mugwena sounds knowledgeable and speaks too nice also Satu has a hand in our children's bleak future though and Tebza Mashiko says indeed Satu are only concerned with their wages and positions and look at the low quality of education and they don't care and of course uh, everybody blames everybody else the one thing that we are agreed upon is that education is the key to unlocking South Africa's potential. But, as Mr. Maluleke also pointed out, where's the parental involvement in all of this for the most part? We need to talk about all of these things as well. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Forum at 8 this morning. Our question is... 
Is providing quality education a priority for Satu? And with us this morning is uh, Satu's uh, General Secretary, Mr. Mugwena Maluleke. And we are taking your questions. But before we go to that, perhaps we could just answer the questions, uh, the calls before we took before the break. Uh, Zenzile says that uh, essentially Satu is uh, protecting mediocrity. And uh, there are quite a number of people who echo those sentiments on some of the social media platforms. Sakna, let me say that this is not the first time I hear about uh, this uh, blaming to Satu when Satu basically is supposed to be saying, now look, um, we do not agree with uh, mediocrity. We do not agree with people who really don't discharge their responsibilities as professionals. Uh, that's why we had uh, launched a campaign called uh, uh, Public Schooling, where we are saying teachers must not be engaged with the uh, learners in terms of sexual relationship. Teachers must be on time. Teachers must be prepared. Teachers must act as professionals so that they take responsibility for them. So the generalization is a problem because at the end of the day, we're supposed to be dealing with those particular issues and then on merit and be able to address those people who really are, 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 are shaming this particular profession. Have you and expelled so, members who have been, um, you know, found guilty of engaging in sexual activity with learners? Yes. In terms of our resolution of 2007, if a teacher, whether found guilty or not found guilty, we rescind your membership as SATU. We have expelled a number of leaders uh, in around Gauteng who were engaged in those particular activities. So we do uh, um, uh, act on those particular issues. But what is critical it is that, uh, you see, once we look at SATU to provide solutions for the late coming in schools, absenteeism in schools, not teaching, and we don't look at what the Act is saying, because the Act says the employer has a right to, to discipline an employee, and an employee has a right to be represented. So what we're supposed to be saying, what is the Department of Education doing? What are the district directors doing when they are aware that somebody is not discharging his or her responsibilities professionally? So uh, what are they doing? Are they going to blame Satu instead of taking decisions and making sure that they follow what is required by the law in terms of due processes to deal with the because the more we but have you not been protecting these teachers uh, uh, didn't um, uh, the department of education at some point want to institute some clocking system what do they call them um, biometrics the biometrics mm. and uh, was satu satu was against that weren't they Look, we were against the manner in which it was introduced because we were fighting about the fact that here are the teachers who have not been paid for their marking. Now, here is the money that is going to be given to one type of a, a service provider who is going to get 470 million that is not going to improve the quality of education because I can put my finger there but that does not guarantee you that in the classroom there is work that is being done. We are concerned about what must be done in the classroom. We want professionalism. We want people who take those particular children in their classroom as their own children. But and doesn't make sure that, that speak to ill discipline? Mm. At least if uh, they uh, do bring their thumb and clock in we know that they are in the classroom we know what time they clocked in and what time they clocked out but if they go to classrooms and do nothing that's just ill discipline yeah that's what i said but are we concerned about that is the are country, you concerned about no, that? we are concerned that's why we are saying it's not about uh, the finger it is about professionalism it's about the level of accountability by every one of us in the classroom so we are saying look you sign in a book you say i am at work and therefore what is the principal doing why do you need an extra mechanism to help you when you cannot run the school? And we're saying we can't have cowards running the schools. We need highly professional leaders to run the school to ensure that they motivate others and build that particular culture of really taking responsibility for our own children in the classrooms. But Satu has also been responsible for teachers leaving children unattended and, and going to Satu meetings. 
when they should be in class? Well, I must indicate that those are the things that I think we need to clarify to the people of our country that we have got uh, uh, policies that uh, have been agreed upon by the Department of Education. We apply in writing to the district director to say we are going to have to consult our members because we are at the level of negotiation where we need a mandate. And therefore, it is not that we just... We wake up in the morning and say teachers must not go to school. And we you are can't get a mandate after hours? You can't get a mandate no, on the weekend? We, we, we are calling meetings after one. Uh, meetings are being called after one where we are engaging our members and dealing with those particular mandate-seeking processes. And therefore, we request that particular permission. The school is supposed to be, um, we, we, we ensure that we honor the contact time and therefore utilize the time for preparation in order to meet but our that's members. But that's disingenuous, Mr. Maluleke, because if you say after one, if children are meant to be in school up until sometime after 2 p.m., mm. if you say after one, that could be anything. Five minutes after one is after one. Well, contact time has attested to be honored. However, when we have applied and the district director has allowed us to utilize the time that we are given, which is eight hours per annum, that we must use in order to ensure that we address our issues, they have got to be addressed because it is not going to be like we're disadvantaging the, the learners, that it is in the interest of education as a whole to ensure that we do not have disruptions of education. But so it we is need to happening. Understand. It is happening with your permission that the teachers are doing that. Why can't these things happen on the weekend? But let me go back to the listeners. We haven't answered Tozama's question, by the way. We'll come back and respond to it. Let's go back to the listeners. Irene in Durban, good morning. Hi there. Thanks so much for the thanks so much for the program. Really, really interesting. I do want to take back just a little bit to the issue of Arkansas education. Having been in education, schooling, technicons, etc. Arkansas education is the most misunderstood, badly implemented um, system mm. in our education. But it's not that the actual system itself is bad. It's that the teachers have been so badly trained. Uh, apart from the fact that I think they're lazy, the majority of them, they just don't get it. A child who is given an outcome works towards a transparent means of achieving that outcome. And that means that the teacher has to be a little bit creative. Instead of just doing the normal talk and talk stuff, teaching to test, getting the kid to get 30% to pass, that is totally unacceptable. Mm. And outcome means these are the means, these are the activities, and they don't have to be expensive activities. These are the activities that we can implement to teach a child the basics and the ability to know and do. We implement OBE. In, in my organization, it works. Believe me, it's a fantastic system when it's done properly. But you know what, Irene? It, 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 it's not only about the teachers being poorly trained. It's also about the resources. For one thing, if you look at the class sizes, that did not lend itself really uh, to outcomes-based education. And I think the department erred there. Now, I don't agree. You can have the biggest class size on earth if you have decent activities, and any mother will tell you this. You can have a child who's bored, who's naughty, who does nothing. Give them something interesting. Um, arrange an activity. Your classes can be 40, 50 big. It doesn't matter. Get them engaged. The fact is that teachers are putting them in rows, making them look at each other's back of heads, not engaging, and that's when they don't um, learn.
So I disagree with that. Okay, that's Irene. And um, nice one, because I disagree with Irene on that one. I think if you are sitting with 60 children in a class who are ill-disciplined, by the way, as has been pointed out, because they weren't disciplined at home and, you know, they bring that ill-discipline into the classroom, now you have to deal with that first and, uh, you know, trying to maneuver around a class of 60. But then again, I love it when we disagree on these things. Let's move on. Uh, Nati in Durban. Hi, Sakina. How are you? Well, and you, Nati? Yes. Uh, to Irene, in 1998, Professor Jonathan Johnson wrote an article as to why will OBE fail? And later on, he also wrote an article indicating why OBE has failed. She can read that for her information. Then, uh, the point which I want to talk about is that Satu, I think, is doing a good job because if you look, Sakina, uh, if you are a teacher and you don't want to be a principal or HOT, there's no space for growth and promotion other than being an HOT, deputy principal, principal, or a district official. And SATU is fighting that, that teachers must be remunerated according to their knowledge, experience, and stuff. Then... The second point, especially here in Wazulmadar, uh, I heard some teachers saying that rural allowance was just stopped without any explanation, and that is painful because the conditions under which they, they work, it's still the same. Nothing has changed, but rural allowance has stopped. Then uh, the last issue is that teachers themselves need to take an active role in learning and development. Because if you look in the health sector, you will find that in the 90s there were no ARVs, but doctors and pharmacists who qualified before, they took an effort to ensure that they learn and understand those things. So teachers, if maybe the curriculum is new, there is something that has been introduced, other than waiting for the department to come and trade them themselves must play an active role in their personal growth and development. And last, parents need to be involved. You see, Sakina, it's painful that when a child attends school in an urban area or this former model C school, when they say there is a parent meeting, a parent will say, hey, today I'm not even going to work. I'm going to attend the parents' meeting. But when it's happening in the rural black schools, you'll say, you'll say, ah, no, the teachers will decide for themselves. It's fine. So parents need to come to the party because education is a three-legged pot which involves teachers, mm. parents, as well as learners, which are all drawn from the all right. communities. Got you Thank there. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you so much, Nati and Durban. Let's go to Kempton Park. Tolani, good morning. Uh, good morning, Sakina, and morning to your guest, the General Secretary. Very, very two quick comments. Right, number one. <clears throat> by the way, General Secretary, I was there in your in your in your Congress, uh, and 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 you reported in your Secretary's report about the uh, the work that you've been doing in terms of uh, uh, professional teacher development at Satu uh, through your Katis Ngondo uh, Institute, uh, which which clearly shows uh, GS that uh, Satu is a union that sees itself as part of the solution. 
and not the problem. One of our biggest challenges has always been continuous peer development, and we are alluding to the very same thing even this morning. And such is taking the lead uh, and, uh, and, and is leading from the front. I think you must congratulate her um, uh, for that, Chair. Uh, now, the other two things, very quickly, Sakina, is that, is that I am hoping that SATU can indeed follow up on some of its resolutions that it took up. One of these being the nature of the curriculum of South Africa, which, um, which uh, we, 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 the, the Congress said they see as being an instrumentalist more than anything else. It, it produces labor uh, for capital and does not really uh, produce the kind of a citizen that uh, you, would, you would want to spark a change uh, in the country. And of course, the mother tongue instruction as well, um, it's, a, it's another resolution that I'm hoping, Jess, uh, that as a union, SAT will be able uh, to follow through, of course, with the, with the, with the department and see it to, to fruition, because those are some of the major challenges. Uh, w- w- what do you mean by that? Don't schools have policies on uh, the uh, medium of instruction? Look, they do, they do, they do. But but one of the biggest challenges, uh, Sagina, is that is that is that the, the universities currently do not produce teachers that are trained uh, to actually um, instruct in their own mother tongue. So so a learner um, always finds finds himself uh, having to not only comprehend, uh, comprehend a, a a mathematics concept, but to change it. Uh, into a language that they can understand first before even dealing with the concept uh, to produce the desired result. So, so it is a challenge. I mean, research after research has proven that some of the reasons why our learning, our, our outcomes are not as desirable as we want them to be is because of the, of the, of the mother tongue instruction, which, uh, which has not been as profiled as it should have been uh, up to this point. Okay. I mean, I have to let you go, but I don't understand what you mean when you say it hasn't been as profiled, because surely that comes down to the, 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 the parents, uh, the governing bodies, uh, the, those are established at school level, I, at least so I thought. Billy in Guguletu, good morning. Good morning. Oh, Billy, th- Billy, that line is poor. We'll come back to you, Billy. Uh, KGM, you're also in Cape Town. Morning. Good morning, Sakina. Sakina, uh, unfortunately, we, we, de- we decided to become a gullible society after 94. We inherited very flawed systems. It was okay to continue what was good, and it was important to let go of what is bad. The educational system is one of those that was supposed to have been let go. Unfortunately, we're trying to make something that we don't understand work, and it doesn't work because it's something that we don't have the foundation of. My challenge to Satu and all the academics or the academia world, as it, as it were, is that is it not time to count our losses while we still can? come up with the educational system that talks to our needs as opposed to the cut and paste that we're trying to do at the moment. Thanks, Akina. Thank you so much, uh, KGM. When we come back, we'll read some messages and we'll get responses to those questions. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. We're in conversation with the Secretary General of the South African Democratic Teachers Union, Mr. Mukwena Maluleke, this morning. Our question is... Is providing quality education a priority to Satu? Let me just read through some of the messages that have come through. This one from Kangelani Manyoni says, uh, Morning SK, Satu connived with the Department of Education and allowed uh, HRM circular on uh, 1st of January 2000, which says that there should be no specialization in primary schools. How can I teach maths properly if I never got genuine training at tertiary institution? While in primaries, it is that we should put strong foundations 
education. However, it's impossible if mathematics properly trained educator is obliged to teach other subjects. And then uh, Johan in the poll says, how will you assist in developing a culture of performance management at school level? Uh, Joel in PE, uh, SK, please ask the SG what the percentage of the national budget goes to teacher salaries. And uh, then this one from Katu in uh Pulukwane says, Satu has demonstrated time and time again that their interest is more in uh, on the political level than on the welfare of learners. They don't even have confidence in their own professional abilities. Hence, most of them take their children to former Model C schools where there are no Satu-affiliated teachers. Mutle and Joburg's SMS reads, with due respect, Satu gave birth to lazy teachers who have no learners' interest at heart. they just a bunch of lazy people. Ellen says, what a load of balderdash. Heaven help the learners of the future. Rijinum Pumalanga, Sakina, you are totally wrong. The government did say road learning was no longer needed. I do have a pamphlet f- uh, 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 from that regard. Uh, give me your email address. Um, and then, Rich, I will argue with you that it was misunderstood, and uh, especially in the context that I uh, created for Mr. Maluleke here. You know, when, you, when uh, for example, let me just run through this. When, when a child learns to um, uh, count, they start learning by rote counting. And that was part of the assessment outcomes that learners had to go through. They didn't have to understand. All they needed to know was one, two, three, four, five, six. That's all they needed to know. So um, I think we may have missed each other somewhere there. Max says, is your guest the Minister of Education or a union leader looking after the teachers' welfare? I'm confused. And Putti, Sakina, one of the problems is overcrowding in our schools. I teach 70 learners in grade two. Too much paperwork is also time-consuming. Lack of commitment in most educators. Unacceptable. Totally unacceptable. Why do we still have such large classroom sizes? What is Satu doing about that? Because you, uh, we always hear you complaining about uh, remuneration and, and, and the fact that you don't want to be assessed. But these sort of issues, you know, there are too many children in my class. You know, the, the, the facilities, and I've heard you speak about those uh, later on, the infrastructure. But, you know, talk to us about some of the comments that have been made. Thanks, Sakina. There are a lot uh, that has been raised. But first is that uh, before my members think that we don't have a union, let me correct uh, um, one caller who said that Sadhu is deregistered. No, Sadhu is not deregistered. Sadhu has amalgamated with one of the teacher unions in in the Cape, and therefore we had formed uh, a a bigger organization. So we still remain Sadhu. So I think he has looked at the wrong certificate. So we are a a registered organization. (laughs) Let's talk about quality. Um, and, and clearly um, correct the perception that is out there that says, am I am the Minister of Education? Uh, as a union of teachers, we are concerned about quality education. And uh, for one to get quality education, first we need to identify what are the inputs in education. And we have identified three of them, and the most critical ones is the teachers. So if you do not empower them, if you do not train them, if you don't um, uh, provide the environment that is conducive for them to be teaching, uh, you are not going to be able to impact on the process of teaching which is very complicated and sophisticated so i think people must understand um our concern and then our mission is to but how do you evaluate the impact of that when your teachers uh, through you simply refuse to be assessed they refuse to be evaluated 
Again, we must provide clarity. Teachers are being assessed. Teachers are being evaluated. Uh, uh, we have got instruments that are doing that. The issue is that we have got many instruments that um, uh, are being used by the Department of Education to assess the teachers, which is very much confusing. You have whole school evaluation. You have got quality management, which is an IQM. So you've mm-hmm. got three many. So you need to synergize them and say, for each and every instrument, what is it that we want to achieve? What is the goal? Is it about accountability? Is it about improving the quality of education in the system? So once you begin to understand and not use an instrument to test what is not meant to be testing, that's where you create a problem and create confusion. So what is not meant to be tested? Look, if you use your whole school evaluation as a punishment instrument, for example, you're not going to be getting the desired results for that matter because what you should be looking at, whole school is about what is it that we can improve in the schools in terms of infrastructure but now you come, the only thing that you are concerned as a whole school evaluator is to go into the classroom and say I want to see how the teacher is teaching, then let me label the teacher, then come IQMS what do you do? You go to the classroom you want to see how the teacher is teaching, then label the teacher, then you bring another third one, a quality management system you do the same thing, so at the end of the day there's only one focus now we are saying focus on the teachers focus on the learners focus on the school provide intervention strategies for all of them so that if the teachers are lacking on the knowledge support them if there is a problem around the infrastructure in the school because all school evaluation must deal with that particular let's see that let's reduce the class sizes let's isn't that what's happening currently no, no. What is happening is that everybody is focusing on the teachers. No, no one is focusing on providing uh, the necessary infrastructure, the laboratories. I'm happy that the one caller said, look, they have a library and the, and the, the department is blocking them. It's unfortunate mm. that you can really stop people who want to improve the quality of education. Even the lady uh, who says you want to join teaching, but they're being blocked. We need to review this type of things. We need more people who are But your passionate. teachers are also very territorial. <laughs> Even if the department uh, uh, gives permission, your teachers are very often the ones who block entry into schools. Well, I don't know that. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Maluleke, I will charge no. that you must know about no, that. I must. No, no, I will have to investigate that because our understanding is very simple. It is that we need more teachers. We need, in particular in African languages in foundation phase. We need more teachers and it's a concern that those teachers are not being um, employed there. So Irene, uh, we will not agree with Irene Sakina uh, in terms of what she was saying. You can't teach 60, uh, children and say you can be able to place them in whatever way that they can learn. You are going to place them in terms of classroom sitting arrangement because obviously they can fit in that particular classroom. So the creativity is killed by the structure of the school. You want to encourage creativity. You want to encourage high level of thinking. You're not going to get that from the teachers if you don't allow them the academic freedom for them to be creative, to do research and all those particular things because you are, you know, constraining them in terms of the environment. Unfortunately, we are out of time. I'm going to uh, pass all these uh, beautiful SMSs (laughs) on to Mr. Maluleke so he can have some interesting bedtime reading uh, from our listeners. And uh, then also, we are out of time. Thank you so much for coming through, though. Our pleasure. Indeed. Thank you. And this education debate is never going to end, at least not until our country is in a good position. So uh, thank you so much for coming through this morning, uh, Mr. Mukwena Maluleke, Satu's uh, General Secretary. We're going to leave it there. The Forum at 8 on SAFM.